This is The Spot, a BYU-Idaho radio production where we talk about what you're talking about at BYU-Idaho. Today's hosts are me, Savannah Buley, Brinley Harris, Grant Wern, and Caitlin Tippetts. The views and opinions of this podcast are not that of BYU-Idaho radio or the university and are solely the opinions of the hosts. Today, a fun and exciting episode about sidekicks. What is the role of a sidekick? Well, the role of a sidekick is to aid the hero in his journey to help him achieve the ultimate goal of what needs to be done. That's the role of a sidekick. At least that's your definition, right, Grant? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but it's the right definition. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What about you, Caitlin? Do you have a different definition? Um, I think I, I think one thing that I really love about sidekicks, like my favorite type of sidekicks are like the best friend sidekick, right? That's there to the end. Um, they're the one that keeps the main character going when they even don't believe in themselves. So I really love the sidekick that's not just the um, one that's helpful. Obviously, that's great, but also who really deeply does care about the main character and and just wants them to succeed and gives them everything so they will succeed. And I think that that, I don't know, I think that makes for a really relatable character to just have that best friend that the audience can rely on and that the main character can rely on as well. Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. I would say one that pops into my head when you said that was from iCarly and her friend Sam. Like, I feel like she's kind of a sidekick for Carly because she's always there for her, but she's also this comedic relief, right? Mm -hmm. But she's always doing the best for her friend, even if that means herself getting in trouble versus Carly, right? So I know that's kind of a silly example, but definitely one that I was thinking about as you were saying that. Yeah, I think that's really good. And it points out another thing about sidekicks is they do tend to be that comedic relief, kind of the less serious part of the story that kind of lets the audience relax a little bit um, and not necessarily always feel tense the whole time, right? And in that moment with the hero, they can have those laughs and have those times to be human as well. So, Any any other thoughts, Brinley? So honestly, my favorite type of sidekicks, they're a little bit different. They're the ones that are wise and like guiding and Mm -hmm. also obviously can provide that comedic relief. But I always just think of like the genie. So the genie, Ah. he is like, he's like, it's been a thousand years. Like he, he's obviously, he's a lot older than Aladdin. And so he can, exactly, he (laughs) is kind of a wingman. I mean, if you want to call Abu the sidekick, but I think Genie is too. And so he kind of provides that wisdom and just that advice as Aladdin's going through this journey to ultimately get what he wants, which is Jasmine, right? And then I think of like Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio, and I just think there are so many examples. Are those your favorite sidekicks ever? That's a great question. Uh, Genie is definitely one of my favorite sidekicks. And actually, my favorite sidekick, he kind of comes into this category as well. It's Phil from the Hercules, if you remember him. And so he's like a hero trainer, right? And so he takes Hercules and he just sees his potential and he's able to train him and guide him. And you see when Hercules is kind of like weighing off the path that Phil is able to kind of smack some sense into him. And B is number one, hype man. I think that being a hype man is super important for a sidekick. And so, yeah, I would say Phil. Phil is great. Oh, my gosh. He is such a good example of perfect sidekicks. I would say he's obviously not perfect by any means, but he's definitely always within Hercules' wheelhouse, always trying to make sure that, you know, he's getting the right thing. And then when he finally gives up and then Meg comes to, like, go get him, he still decides to come and help Hercules when he needs it. So a perfect example, I would say. For me, I think my favorite um, sidekicks come from Doctor Who. 
I, I was thinking. No I was thinking companions. There's so many different did you look companions. At my hat? Is that what you did? You I did at my not, hat? but okay. it, that was the thought when we had sidekick okay. episode, right? So there are so many different companions. Um, but Amy Pond and Rory, like oh they my gosh, are just. I love them. They're amazing They're companions. They're just so great. So and I just, I don't know, that whole that whole show is full of amazing sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Those different companions, even the ones that are there for like one episode, a lot of them have such great strengths and really help the Doctor through saving the world so or the universe. So it's really, really cool. Any favorite sidekicks, Grant? Yes, of course. I have plenty of them. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the first sidekicks I want to mention is a, a real-life sidekick, and that's Andy Richter. Which is um, Conan O'Brien's um, like per- bounce off guy. He like makes jokes with Andy Richter, and Andy Richter like bounces off the jokes back to him. And sometimes if the joke isn't working, they just try their best to like just go with whatever the joke is and stuff like that. And he just has the funniest situations, and he just brings the most craziest energy to the show. And Conan just has to play along with whatever Andy brings. And another sidekicks, of course, is we're talking about. I mean, comics and superheroes. I mean, Batman and Robin. You know, ever since this. 60s fun fact um robin was made to help world war ii boys um have a father figure they wanted to insert themselves as robin and they'd see batman as the father figure you know oh, so it's no like way. yeah that's so cool all the dads were at war so it's like oh who's gonna be my inspirations like batman you know oh, <laughs> guy wow. who's like trying to be a good guy and you know, all this kind of stuff and carrying a gun but that didn't happen so. that's interesting because it does make sense with his backstory too mm-hmm. why Orphan, he would yeah. be related to yeah. You know, why exactly. other people would relate to him. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's actually really cool because um, so a lot of comic nerds in the 90s, they're like, oh, man, life was so cool before Batman and stuff like that. But Batman was a solo guy for only one year before he was introduced. And what? Yeah, so Batman came out in Detective Comics around, I believe, 1941, and then Robin was just the next year after. Like, it wasn't that long. And then they're like, we need to give him a sidekick. And there's been six Robins total, actually. There's all been different personas, different personalities, and they've all had their own. They've all they all shined out in their own way. And the the famous one is Dick Grayson, who's trapeze artist, became his own superhero, and it called Nightwing and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, overall, I mean, you can't go wrong with Robin, that's for sure. Wow, you're really the guru of this episode today, well, aren't I'm you? Got my glasses, can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> hey, see, you hear that, guys? That uh, Batman wasn't successful until he had a sidekick. Sidekicks are important. Caitlin, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite sidekick? Um, you guys have already touched on a lot of really great sidekicks and kind of shown the different types of sidekicks that are out there, you know, with companions and then that mentor figure and then also just like someone that's relatable. My favorite is kind of outside of what is generally thought of as a sidekick, but I really love Gus from Psych, Sean and Gus. That dynamic duo is absolutely hilarious. Um, and Gus just always getting dragged along on all of Sean's crazy adventures. It's just, it's hilarious. And Gus's reactions to things are relatable. I just love how, so for some premise, you know, Psych is all about Sean, um, who solves different cases, but does so under this premise of being a psychic. And Gus knows the truth that he's not a psychic. He's just observant in different things. And so you can see... Gus throughout just reacting to some of Sean's eccentrics and a lot of the time it's kind of the audience's own reaction of just kind of like you know is this for real like what what are you doing but also uh, having fun with it and often playing along with it and playing it up and um, I just love that about him and that he just 
despite how Sean can sometimes be really selfish and different things, Gus keeps him grounded and stays with him and is consistent and has that um, relatability where he does really care about Sean um, and often puts his own self-interest to the side, his own wanting to get up the ladder in his job and, and, you know, be successful in that. He puts that aside for Sean to help him with his adventures and different things. And so, I don't know, I just think that they're hilarious, gold comedy, and then just their relationship is great. So I think they're among my favorites. Did, Such- you, did you find all the pineapples in the, all the of all the psych episodes? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, at least I don't think so. I don't think I always paid attention to that. Yeah, apparently um, there's a pineapple in every one. But I should. I should do it. Because, you know, whenever it comes out, I'm always like, ah, there it is. But yeah. I just don't make note like I should. Tisk so. tisk. You know, it's so funny that you guys are talking about Psych and Doctor Who because I've never seen either of these shows. Oh, I like Someone's always. Too cool. I know I've seen <laughs> Disney <laughs> and a lot of Marvel movies, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's just funny because I was talking to my friends the other day, and just like during school, the last four years, I just haven't had time to watch TV shows. But I've told them to give me a list of all the shows I need to watch because I know my era is approaching because I'm graduating this semester, mm-hmm. and it's going to be my era of tv shows while doing laundry and whatnot i'm really excited to like apply these sidekicks and see what's up well and it's interesting you bring up like disney and marvel because that both of those are full of sidekicks and people yeah i know that every well maybe not every disney princess but a lot of disney princesses have that animal sidekick with them throughout the whole thing with all kinds of fun personalities you know from from hey hey to olaf to all kinds of different people different fun characters that um, can show the different types of sidekicks and different things. But Hey, and it's yeah. fun that we mentioned Disney because we have a few sound bites of you guys answering us your favorite sidekicks and who you like. And of course, a lot of people mention Disney. So here's some sound bites from this week. Who is the best sidekick and why? I'd have to say Escaletto. You know, I've never seen Captain America tackle a nun for nachos before. I think Robin. I'd probably say Robin. Why is that? Because there are so many of them. I would probably say the Falcon. I'd say, like, Robin. Robin. War Machine. I have to go with Catwoman. I think she's a sidekick. She's not her own superhero. <laughs> All right, Wonder Woman. Because I agree. What? She acted like a sidekick, so I'm calling What is it? Pascal from Tangled. Only Robin. Oh my gosh, so many different sidekicks. I am just excited to uh, talk about more sidekicks. But I don't know. It's one of those things where we always talk about the heroes. We never talk about the sidekicks. One thing, though, a sidekick could make the day or break the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are definitely some terrible sidekicks. So anybody have some least favorite sidekicks? Um, I can go off the top of my head. The first one I think of is a self-proclaimed sidekick. And that's Incrediboy from The Incredibles. <laughs> uh-huh. one my, that's one of my favorite lines. Uh, the, the Incredibles is always, of course, a uh, very quotable movie. One of my favorite ones is whenever Incrediboy shows up and all that kind of stuff, and then he gets arrested. And he's like, I'm Incrediboy. And then Mr. Incredible just straight up says, I'm not affiliated with you. <laughs> you know? I just love that. That was that, so good. That, that, that adult dialogue, just like, like legally speaking, I am not affiliated with this guy. <laughs> it's like he has a similar name to me, but he is completely different. And... um. Another one is a pointless sidekick. So I got another fun superhero. Oh, trivia. I got some of those too. Yeah. So if I said Fantastic Four, I think you guys think of Mr. Fantastic, The Thing, The Rock Guy, Invisible Woman, and The Human Torch. Well, fun fact in the 70s, there was a Fantastic Four TV show for the kids, but they had to cut out The Human Torch because they were worried 
that kids were going to light themselves on fire to act like the human torch. No way. Yeah, way. This is really funny. So in, uh, in, but they're like, well, they're the Fantastic Four. They have to be a team of four. So they introduced Herbie. Herbie was the humanoid experimental robot B-type integrated electronics. And all he did was just float around. He's like a floating computer. So like imagine like a computer monitor with like a little body below it and just like hovers around with the Fantastic Four. And yeah, he was just there because like, oh, well, we can't have the human torch. We don't want kids laying themselves on fire. But he really didn't do much. He was just there. <laughs> I think they need to leave the sidekicks like robotics to Star Wars, right? Because yeah, yeah. BB-8, R2-D2, they actually were successful. They know how to do it. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so... I mean, I feel like it's pointless because, like, I bet the writers didn't want to put in that robot just because they had to because they were concerned about the children, which is good. You know, we don't want kids laying themselves on fire. You know where the droids work, though? They have distinct personalities. Mm -hmm. And they also have distinct feelings as well. The droids work because of that. Whereas other robot sidekicks, they don't have as many of those feelings. And I think we can't relate to them as much. So, therefore, we just don't. We don't connect in a way that we're supposed to with a sidekick right oh yeah did anyone see andor yeah has anyone watched it i think that robot what was his name do you remember his name anyways if anyone's watched so andor that robot has never had more of a personality than any of the star yeah, wars movies i would have seen of him he's really fun yeah, yeah he was like a nanny bot <laughs> in a way and yeah. so he took care of andor and his mother and their family and he just kind of made me emotional you're gonna have to go see it if you haven't seen it it was a great tv show there's a tv show i've watched but it's on disney plus right and so disney is a priority for me evidently yeah oh my gosh disney is just amazing there are so many different sidekicks but i would say least favorite sidekick from disney for me is lefou because he just bolsters gaston and makes him even worse right so true because gaston was just gonna give up and then he was like, no, Gaston, you're the best. And then, you know, all the rest of the movie happens, right? Hmm. It's like, that's a horrible sidekick. I mean, technically speaking, you could say he's a good sidekick because he's a great hype man, right? But for me, he obviously was helping the antagonist be worse, right? So, I don't know. In my head, least favorite sidekick would be LeFou, even though he's got a great personality. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I would agree with that. That makes sense. I think my least favorite has got to be, and it depends on the version because it's gone through so many different remakes and stuff, but in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, April, has, I think has got to be one of my least favorite <gasps> sidekicks. Jeez, I'm so sorry. Much depth. I, I Okay, it depends on the version because this. there's so many different versions with all kinds of April... It's O'Neill, O'Neil, right? Yeah, yeah it's okay. O'Neil. I didn't want to like... She's Irish. <laughs> yeah, I just think like... You know, you have the original, like, 80s, and she's she's fairly decent in that one. She's, like, a little bit more involved and actually, like, takes part in some of the problem solving. And even in the movies, she's fairly good. But there's some of those cartoon series where she just is so annoying. <laughs> she doesn't really bolster the turtle. She doesn't really, like, she turns it to more of a nuisance, especially, like, the 2012 April O'Neil. I do not like her. Um, the 2012 she's, one was awesome. No, she's she's so whiny. She like, had a she, fan. She had a fan. She fought I, with a fan. Okay. No way. Yeah. Okay. So, really, like Mulan. Remember Mulan? She fought with the fan. I'm all down for like fighting and stuff. I thought that was cool, but I just thought that she was a little bit one dimensional, a little petty. You know. Even though like they had like a whole story arc around her. Anyways, yeah. I digress. No, I mean she did have more to her, but like. I don't know. I just hated the love triangle between her, Donnie, and Casey, and how she was just playing both the boys the whole time. So that, like, 
made her nose dive a lot for me because mm-hmm. um, I'm just not I'm not behind those player people that okay. are just using you know just mm-hmm. not behind the players well, no well, okay well to change topic before I explode another <laughs> bad sidekick was um do you guys remember Scrappy Doo from Scooby Doo oh uh, he was awful oh. yeah see, he oh, was bad yeah. he was so terrible the little <laughs> mini Scooby Doo the mini right? Scooby Doo yeah. and again the whole purpose he was created was for the kids because like oh we're losing ratings like oh let's put a puppy in the show and like his name's Scrappy Doo and he has the catchphrase puppy power he's just everything kids will love about him the kids hated him no one liked him they were just like why are you here doesn't <laughs> like, he turn evil yeah, in it, one of the like live actions in, yeah he's evil in the live action movie yeah he's <laughs> on Daphne people didn't he, he, like him yeah. <laughs> he's passive aggressive yeah. and speaking of passive aggressive sidekicks like Lago from Aladdin, yeah. and we've talked about it before, but Jafar's like little sidekick, he is so passive aggressive. He's the little parrot uh-huh. and uh. so annoying. Can't stand him. <laughs> and you know, like, I just think the ones that can fly are a little bit OP, overpowered, because they always like fly around and they like sneak around and can always figure out what the hero's trying to do and get that extra information. Yeah. And it's just, it's just annoying. Okay. Well, actually, since we're talking about villain sidekicks for a second, I have to go. We have to focus on the best one. I think we skipped it already, but we have to go backwards. Kronk. How would we miss Kronk? Oh, Kronk. Kronk is... Oh, my gosh. How would we miss Kronk? Kronk's I... the best villain sidekick ever because he's is a he good though? guy. He's, he's good-hearted. He's awful to Yzma, but that's why we like him because yeah. he yeah, actually ends up helping the heroes, right? Well, he carries kind of. her around the whole time. He does. <laughs> yeah. He does. But he also ends up messing a lot of things up, yeah. and that's kind of why we like him so much, right? Yeah, yeah. and he kind of turns good. He's like an anti-hero. Squeaker, yeah. squeak, squeaker, squeak, squeakers. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> maybe he has that, like, what was it, a squirrel or a chipmunk? Yeah. Maybe that was his yeah. little sidekick. Yeah. See, <laughs> and he's the perfect example of liking a sidekick more than the main yeah. character. Because, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. I did like Cusco, but... Like, Kronk's what makes it, you know? Like, Kronk yeah, is absolutely. the reason why people like that movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> the relatable, like, shoulder angel and devil yeah. moments. Uh, so good. No, so no, good. no, no, hold on. He got the point. He got the point there. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so great. And then the him, like, sneaking around and singing the... Oh, I actually watched that movie last night. That's hilarious. No way. And you think of sidekicks with Kronk? I mean, come on. I mean, I feel like my favorite line with Kronk is um, whenever he's just whenever they ask like, "Wait, how did you guys get here first? Like, it's like I'm honestly confused too. It's just, the map doesn't make sense. That was awesome. <laughs> like has a map of their whole journey. <laughs> it was so good too because it just pointed out like that plot hole that you often see in movies where you're like, "What? Well, that doesn't make sense for them to be here first. And uh, they just pointed out. <laughs> it was just great. Yep. So good. Any other sidekicks you guys liked better than the main character? Oh. Samwise Gamgee oh, in yeah, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, I love him way yeah. more than Frodo. I just he's he's the man. He just is so reliable and always there. And just even when Frodo does everything to push him away, Samwise always comes back. He's always just comes faithful. Back. Hey, and yeah. speaking of that actor, Bob in Stranger Things. I mean, he plays Bob in Stranger yeah. Things, oh, and I also love him. But no spoilers here. But yes, he. Uh, absolutely is like one of the characters that I really enjoy in Stranger Things even though he's pretty much a sidekick Mm -hmm. for Joyce you know what I mean like he's just this person that you're like oh my gosh you're just an amazing human like he's just a great actor too so he's definitely got a few of my favorite sidekicks for sure Um, Patrick Starr from Spongebob my mind is an enigma. Poor <laughs> he, he is more fun than the he's main character, fun. right? Like, <laughs> I love him so much. He just has so much 
energy to him. He's like also very relatable. <laughs> well, it may be dumb, but it's also stupid. <laughs> um, so funny. I think with Samwise Gamgee, something we really like about him too is he, you see his progression throughout the Lord of the Rings movies. You see him ah, yes. like rise to the occasion and like you see he's like, I'm coming with you, Frodo. Yeah. And like he didn't have to. And so he rises to the occasion. He loves unconditionally. He is so helpful. I mean, he's kind of the pack mule sometimes, but it's just so cool to see that transformation of a sidekick to honestly a main character, a hero in himself. I think about Jarvis, the AI of... Oh. Iron Man and how he turns into Vision. I just think that is the ultimate story of rising to the occasion and becoming a hero in yourself and becoming a main character. I just love the story of Jarvis becoming Vision and he is just awesome. There are so many great sidekicks and hey, we actually ended up having one of our own sidekicks this episode. Colton Scholl actually got to talk to one of his best buddies about sidekicks. This is what they had to say. Welcome to our spotlight interview for this episode. I'm Colton Scholl, and I have brought on Randy Sly, and he has studied a lot of narrative work, both in theater and in film. So I welcome you, Randy Sly. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So today we're talking about sidekicks, and I guess I sort of wanted to cover with you, what purpose do sidekicks serve in your opinion, just narratively? There are a couple of different things. There's definitely the stereotypical comedic relief sidekick trope mm-hmm. that happens a lot in older films and TV. And uh, it happens occasionally, but it's getting better that they're not as caricature tropes as they, they used to be. What I personally really like for a sidekick to do is to be the connection with the audience. I guess an example of that would be in Doctor Who. Mm. The Doctor's companions don't always know all of the timey-wimey stuff (laughs) that ends up happening, and so it gives a really natural narrative approach to be able to explain how the world of that story works without feeling too rote. Han Solo serves the same purpose of, you know, talking about how the force works and stuff it's like obi-wan already knows how the force works so yeah yeah hansel is the one who is asking all the questions even though luke is supposed to be learning right exactly that's exactly you see that trope all the time in anime where somebody's like what can he do that and it's like yes you idiot you've been watching me do this for like (laughs) years what are you doing yeah so that's my personal when i write different things that's what i try to give my sidekicks so that they have a little bit more character depth and their purpose is really to be the bridge between the audience and the world that i'm trying to create i like that and then you don't necessarily have to have everything being like oh the hero of the story is also new to this world don't worry you're not the only one confused right exactly awesome exactly what are the characteristics that make a sidekick because obviously things that come to mind are like superheroes you've got batman and robin and then the green arrow and speedy which i don't know why <laughs> they're named speedy but they are <laughs> right but then you've also got like you're saying 
you have other people with the doctor and he has a companion. It's not as clear of a sidekick role, but there's still technically a sidekick. Even with Han Solo being a supporting character, he's not a little lapdog, but he is a sidekick to the main characters of the movie. Yeah, I think that's that's the key to defining what a sidekick is, is that generally the sidekick isn't going to be the character that's driving the plot forward they're going to be supporting the driving character and i'm there are exceptions to every rule obviously so that you'll see instances where sidekicks will also participate in driving the plot forward but i think that is the main key is that the protagonist is the one that has like it's their goal the sidekick is adopting that goal and supporting the protagonist to achieving that because if they weren't supporting and they had their own goals then they wouldn't really truly be a sidekick because their goals would either be in line with or opposing to the protagonist Mm -hmm. and that changes the whole dynamic of the story and narrative so in thinking that way do you think it's possible to have a sidekick character that's also a mentor i think i think that it could be argued yes if you were like to narrow down key elements of what a sidekick is those qualities could fit into a mentor character uh but on the surface i think if you were to like just ask someone on the streets like oh yes this person is a sidekick and a mentor i think that that's where some debate would come up just because we don't see that a lot you know like to go back to the batman reference like alfred even though he does sidekick ish things would never be no like an audience wouldn't ever really see alfred as a sidekick Mm -hmm. they'd only really see him in a mentor role so i think fundamentally yes but only because qualities can be shared where logically i don't know that the two can be i think there's too much of a stigma around what a sidekick is that it would feel conflicting to have a sidekick be a mentor as well well thank you so much for helping us out here randy Uh, We appreciate your insight and your knowledge, and uh, we thank you so much for coming to the show with us. Of course, anytime. A lot of great points made in that interview. Spotlight interviews are the best. Uh, What are some strengths and weaknesses uh, that we see in different sidekicks around uh, the ones that we maybe mentioned or new sidekicks we haven't talked about? What do you guys think? Weaknesses, strengths? Get caught by the bad guys very easily sometimes. That you know, they get yes. kidnapped, you know, like, oh, oh, well, I know who to kidnap you. It's the person who's running next to you side by side, you know, or just like kind of like a deterrent. You know, it's like you're there to help me. But I mean, uh, <laughs> it's I definitely a weakness. I would say one when we were talking about LeFou earlier, like sometimes the bad sidekicks are literally just making the situation worse. Right. So mm-hmm. that would definitely be. <laughs> I guess a strength if you're trying to bolster the bad guy, but a weakness if you're not wanting that to happen, right? (laughs) Right. It's kind of like the morality of the character, right? You can have a really strong sidekick for good or a really strong sidekick for bad, and Mm. that can prove to be kind of a... It can strengthen the story as a whole, but it can, you know, be a weakness in the character itself, right? Of just that they're pushing those agendas and stuff like that. Well, strength is like they'll always be there. We're talking about our Samwise Ganges, your Robins, your... K2SOs, you know, they're always, they're going to be there. Like, it's just like so cool, you know, like you can. Loyalty? Uh, Chewbacca. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca's always there with Han. Yeah. He's there till the bitter end, sadly, RIP. And, <laughs> and, you know, 
like that's the whole point. You love seeing a friend that's always going to be there, and I see that a lot in the like. I'm watching um, an anime called One Piece, and the main character he has a crew of like um, nine people, and each person is there for him individually in a way, and I just love it, and it makes me cry all the time. It's a, it's a good show if it makes you cry. That's what I'm saying. That's a rule. Yeah, that's a rule. If you cry, it's a good show. Okay, so, means you're invested. Means you're invested exactly. So yeah. Have you ever watched a show where the main character seems like a sidekick sometimes? Like, I don't know, uh, for example, Steven Universe. He's always helping other people. Like, he's the main character of the show, right? Yeah. But, like, he's always helping everyone else. Yeah. And it's almost like he's the sidekick sometimes because he's helping everyone else. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen that. I'm trying to think what example I have. But, yeah, there's been situations where I've seen the the main character be the sidekick where... There's like an episode or two where the sidekick needs more help than the other person. And so he's like, oh, I'll help you out because you helped me out so much. But I can't think of like the primary show where the main character ends up being the sidekick, you know. I I would just think about like Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. And you think oh, about true. like Harry Potter, Hermione Granger and Ron Weasley. Like it's like a constant shift of who's like the main character of that movie or of that scene. I mean, obviously, like Harry, it's it's called Harry Potter for a reason. But I think there are definitely times where Hermione or Ron takes the spotlight and then Harry becomes that sidekick where they're able to help them out or they're able to emphasize the personality of another character. I 100 percent agree with that. There is so many different sidekicks in Harry Potter, too. Like you've got those two of them. But Draco Malfoy also has his own sidekicks, you know, Crab and Goyle. They're almost a comedic relief in a sense because of how awful they are for Draco, right? Like, they do support him, right? But they're also just terrible and don't do the things that he needs them to do, right? I feel like so often sidekicks, especially the ones of the villains and sometimes the ones of the heroes too, they're just too dumb yep like they always make them like pretty unintelligent and then they like surprise you like in the end and so (laughs) how do you guys feel about that i feel like it's kind of like discrimination on the director and producer's part i think it could be a bit of a a weakness in that you know you don't have that variety on the other side too and um i think because we're starting to see a shift with like kind of the heroes and villains and how the villains are becoming more of those main characters in the story of you know, we're hearing their story now uh, a little bit more. And I think that it would be great to have sidekicks that reflect that diversity in villains that we're starting to see. Instead of the same typical henchmen, you know, for the villain, um, I think that we're we're starting to see a little bit of that. But I think we could see it even more powerfully um, because I think that could, could be a potential weakness that we're seeing where there's not as much variety on the villain's side with sidekicks. And it just I think it could add a lot the sidekicks of the villains are going to reflect that it's a different type of villain, you know? And we don't see that as much. So I think that could really add to that story if we did have that variety. Honestly, you're making me change my mind about LeFou because he actually does help Gaston become this awful evil person, right? He was already bad, but he does the job well enough that he's not just this stupid sidekick. He actually, I mean, he is kind of you know, stupid. But yeah. he also like bolsters Gaston, which is mm-hmm. what Gaston needs to become the evil right. person in the end, right? Like, to accomplish his goal, right? Yeah. His goal is to get Belle. And so LeFou's like, go get her, right? You're the best. Yeah. You know, it doesn't <laughs> let him think that he's not. And that tr- proves detrimental later on. But um, yeah, he definitely fulfills the role of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here 100%. I'm going to aid you through and through, even if he's not necessarily always the most reasonable. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think a sidekick also needs to know their hero's limit, 
you know? Mm-hmm. And obviously LeFou didn't. He literally sure. saw Gaston as a god. He's just like, oh, he's the best. Meanwhile, Iago, he talks fast to Jafar a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. In a way that was humbling. <laughs> In a way that was yeah. humbling. <laughs> <laughs> Still a terrible person, but... Eh. I, think, yeah. I think a good, actually, example of kind of this variety is like Minion with Megamind. Yes. Right? Oh, Where you, awesome. you get like the Megamind's perspective and stuff. And so you actually see Minion be this like hilarious goofball that you're just like, oh my gosh, like he's so funny. Um, but their relationship is really strong and they really help each other. Um, and he's always he's always uplifting Megamind, always being like, no, you're be- you're better than this, and you're you're not what people call you. Like I know you, I know you better than everyone. And you know he's always helping Megamind see the best in himself and the best in um, what's going around him. And it can be frustrating for Minion because he's like, dude, you're on the wrong path. Like we we got everything we want. Why are you suddenly changing your mind about this? Right? That was one of the most emotional breakups ever. The way they <laughs> broke up with each other. You uh. know? Like Earth. so heartbreaking. <laughs> I forgot they say like code stuff. With the, like the way they break up with each other is just so hilarious. Yeah. Oh god. So final yeah. question for the episode today: If you could play a sidekick or a hero or a villain, which one would you play and why? Ooh, um, gargoyles from uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. They're just Quasimodo's hype men, and but they're all, they're really just trying to help him feel better about himself. And it's just, I could see you playing that part. Yeah. You, you fit and the personality, I It's think. so funny because, like, apparently, like, a lot of people, they're like, oh, man, Hunchback of Notre Dame, underrated classic, good movie. Everyone doesn't talk about it enough. But I could do without the gargoyles. But I'm like, I love the gargoyles because, like, they're only there to help him. Like, they, they, they're they just there to be good guys, you know. They're, you know, they're kind of like his consciousness. That's, like, one of the theories is that the gargoyles don't actually, aren't actually alive. They're actually just a figment of his imagination. Which is kind of sad in a way. That's how lonely he is. He has to bring life to these gargoyles. But I also like just love them at the same time. They're really fun guys. Any final thoughts, Brindley? Yeah, mine's actually, I mean, we're at BYU-Idaho. It's kind of a spiritual thought in a way. But I just always think about Peter and how Peter's just like the sidekick of Christ when he's on his earthly ministry. And I just think about how faithful Peter is. And he has his weaknesses. He has his strengths. But ultimately... You know, the hero's not always going to be there, maybe physically. Well, we see that with Christ, right? We know that he lives, but he's not physically here on the earth. And when he tells, like, Peter, like, go feed my sheep, like, you have a role to play now. You're going to be the hero now. Definitely Peter rises to that occasion. And so I just think if I want to be like any sidekick, I want to be like Peter. Or I want to be like Mary Magdalene or any of, like, the original disciples. But that was kind of my final thought. I love that, Brinley. Caitlin? Um, I think if I was to choose the role, I think I would want to be the sidekick because it's all about just helping um, your friend. And it's all about just like um, being there and getting to like have fun along the way. Like I like the idea of being just kind of the comedic relief and getting to just kind of um, help bring out the humanity of the hero and things like that. So I don't necessarily have a specific sidekick in mind of who I would be, but I think that that role is the one that I would like to play. And then we also see sidekicks eventually become their own heroes. And so I think it would be cool to be that sidekick that helped helps someone like um, be that hero and then grows to become one themselves. So that's kind of, it'd be fun to have that character arc, I think. so. I totally get that. And when we're talking about roles here, for me, uh, if it's between a hero, a sidekick, or a villain, if I'm just playing a part, I want to play the villain because it's so fun. I've played villains. Yes, they (laughs) They do. do. Mm -hmm. They do have the best songs and they're just really fun to play because 
the reason I enjoy playing them is because they're so opposite of who I am as a person. So it's really fun to just be that <laughs> kind of person, mm-hmm. you know, where like I would never do stuff like that in real life, but like it's fun to play like I would, right? Yeah. Or like play, just have fun with it, right? Mm-hmm. So if I had to choose a role to play, it would definitely be a villain. Right. And I think the fun part about villain is there's no rules. So you can just mm-hmm. do whatever, just you know? Be yourself and be exactly. confident, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about others. Oh, you would slay that. <laughs> You've been listening to The Spot, a production of BYU Idaho Radio. Today's hosts were me, Savannah Bewley, Brinley Harris, Grant Wern, and Caitlin Tippett. The views and opinions of this podcast are not that of BYU Idaho Radio or the university and are solely the opinions of the hosts. This episode was edited by me, Savannah Bewley, and Chandler Guadagnin. Producers were the hosts with supervision by Brandon Isle and Natalia Hepworth. Our theme music is Finding Happiness by DJ Quads and The Perpetual Ticking of Time by Artificial Music. To listen or find more episodes of The Spot, like and follow us on social media or visit our website, byui.edu slash radio, and click podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the BYU-Idaho Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get podcasts. And also leave a review of the show and leave a comment on what we should talk about next.